Welcome to Sunday Sermons from Trinity UMC in Lincoln, a podcast to help on the faith journey. Now on to this week's message from Pastor Jeff Slater. Well, in 1955, two psychologists came up with a tool for understanding ourselves. You know, we put so much effort into understanding ourselves. There's even, I can't remember which philosopher said, know thyself, and it's one of those uh, two-word phrases that's echoed down through the centuries. But this particular one is, uh, sounds very exotic. It's called the Johari window. Now, you may be wondering, Johari, now what language, what culture is that from? Well, I'll tell you, it's not quite as exotic as it sounds because the two guys who put it together were named Joe and Harry, and they decided to call it the Joe Harry window. Yeah, I know. Anyway, it is useful. So here's what it looks like. Now, you can see from here that it looks useful. Now, I know uh, uh, depending on what size screen you're watching from home, it might be a little hard to read. So I'm going to try to draw on the screen here, which, well, also will be hard to see. But we'll do our best, okay? Now, the upper left quadrant of it is uh, what I know about myself and what others know about me. So that's this portion right here, what I know about myself and what others know about me. Those are obvious things. Like, for instance, I know that I am tall. (laughs) And, well, at least those of you who've seen me in person know that I'm tall. Come to think of it, we had a big new member class uh, this week, and when uh, one of them saw me in person, they, uh, they had only worshiped with us online during COVID, and they said, oh my goodness, you're tall. So, okay, that's a little different. But most, that's one thing that we know about ourselves and most other people know about us too. And maybe there's some things about our personality and whatnot. But go down on the window from there to this lower left quadrant. Now this one is what I know about myself, but what others don't know about me. Now, before you go all dark here, this doesn't necessarily mean deep, dark secrets you hold about yourself, though those would qualify in this part of the window too. It also means just just things that you do that are just for yourselves, that the rest of the world uh, doesn't necessarily know. Like maybe there's a certain kind of tea that you like to drink that helps you relax in the evening. The rest of the world doesn't need to know about that. That's something that you know about yourself that the rest of the world doesn't. Now, of course, there are some things that can be a, a bad that happened in that part too. And uh, Joe and Harry actually referred to this as the facade. Now that doesn't necessarily mean bad, but of course sometimes it can. Okay, so we have what I know about myself and what others know. Then we have what I know about myself that others don't know. Now let's go to the upper right part of the window, this part up here. This part says what I don't know about myself, but others do. Oh, now we're getting more into it, aren't we? So think about it for a moment. Well, maybe you can't answer this, but maybe you can think of a time in your past when others could see something in you that you didn't know about yourself. I'm just going to be honest here. This is a spur of the moment. I didn't realize how often I said the word all right until we started doing this live stream worship and I started watching videos of myself. (laughs) Now, maybe some of you um, know how often I start everything I say with, all right. (laughs) But I didn't know it about myself until I started watching the videos. And now I'm trying to break the habit, but, but bear with me, all right. Okay. (laughs) Nice to have people to laugh at my jokes, hopefully. (laughs) 
But you get the idea, right? Now, if you want to go a little deeper with this, maybe you can think of a time now uh, if, you're, if you're older, but maybe I think all of us could think of a time when we were young that somebody saw something in us that we couldn't see in ourselves, maybe a giftedness or a potential, and they spoke into it. All right, now the lower right-hand corner, this one is what I don't know about myself and what others don't know about me either. Now, that's the quadrant where we're going to find God, because God does know that about you. Maybe you have some giftedness that God hasn't revealed yet, that you aren't aware of yet. Maybe it's only the Holy Spirit that can see uh, what is in store for your future. So that's the Joe Harry window. It helps us to see the different parts of ourselves, and I think it also helps us to imagine what it is that we don't know about ourselves. Now, this series that we're doing called One Another, it's about the one another phrases in the Bible. So, for instance, love one another. The first week we did encourage one another. Uh, And uh, today's one another phrase is spur one another on. Now, at first glance, it kind of seems similar to encourage one another that we did on the first week. You know, saying a kind word to help someone move along and to, uh, to, to, that, that can encourage them along their way, spur one another on. Uh, however, I think when you really dig into it, there's a, a subtle difference that is important. One thing I realized when I started studying this phrase, spur one another on uh, to prepare this sermon, is that it's different in every translation. Now, you know, uh, scripture, uh, the, our, our scriptures weren't originally written in English. That's why we have translations. Uh, the New Testament was written in Greek, the Old Testament in Hebrew. And if you want to get really down to it, Jesus didn't speak Greek either. Jesus spoke Aramaic, which was then translated into Greek and now translated into English. Now, I believe wholeheartedly that God was in that process every step of the way. Uh, and in fact, God sometimes reveals new things through translations, but it's important to remember and if we find one of these words and check it in a couple different translations and realize it's different in every one well that's a sign that maybe we ought to uh, research a little more maybe we ought to see if there's some meaning in that Greek word that isn't quite captured in the English language and this is definitely one of those times the Greek word means to provoke irritate or pester (laughs) to provoke irritate or pester. Now, if you ask my wife if I am capable of provoking, irritating, and pestering, she would tell you yes. <laughs> if you asked my kids, they would tell you. If you asked my dog, she would tell you yes. You know, the way I uh, wake my kids up if they're still in bed in the morning is I warm up the pokers, and then I go in and I provoke, irritate, and pester to help wake them up. <laughs> True story. <laughs> Now, this Greek word, uh, the, uh, the, the uh, uh, reference I read, said that it can be negative, but it can also be positive. You know, sometimes the word uh, provoke or irritate has a negative connotation. The Greek word, though, can be negative or positive. And I loved this phrase that was in one of my Bible commentaries. It said, the word also had a positive use in the sense of disturbing the apathetic or fearful person into activity, disturbing the apathetic or fearful person into activity. That's what this word means, spur one another on. 
Now, with that in mind, let's look at a couple of those translations. We're doing a little Bible study together this morning. The New Revised Standard Version is um, the uh, kind of the scholarly translation. It's the one that stays closest to the Greek, though sometimes the grammar gets kind of complex and it's a little harder to read, but in theory is closer to the Greek. It says it like this, and let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds. Well, that is very close to what we uh, uh, learned about the Greek, right? The uh, New International Version, NIV, is the one I titled this sermon today on just because I like Westerns. <laughs> it says, and let us consider how we may spur one another towards love and good deeds. Now, you know what a spur is, right? Uh, you know, one of my lessons serving a church in western Kansas is that it is possible to walk into a Walmart and see somebody wearing spurs. That has happened in my life. <laughs> but it's a little, little spiky things that you wear on your boots that you can use to, well, not hurt the horse, but gently kick it. It's got thick hide and uh, encourage it to run forward, right? That's what a spur is, to provoke it into running faster. Now, I like spur because it can be good and it's for a good aim, but you also have to be a little careful with it, right? You can go too far. You could hurt the animal with a spur too. It requires some care and consideration. I think that's why I like spur rather than provoke, is that it captures the, the, the risks and the care that's needed a little bit too. Now, common English is my uh, usual favorite translation. Listen how it says it. And let us consider each other carefully for the purpose of sparking love and good deeds. Well, spark is good, but do you know what I notice about that? It, puts a lot, it spends a lot more time on the first half of the verse. Now let us consider each other carefully. You know, consider is a throwaway word usually, but in this case, the Common English Bible is telling us that that word consider is important, and in the Greek, it's emphasized. It's not a throwaway word. Spurring one another on, provoking one another to love and good deeds isn't something that just happens. It's something we have to be careful about and consider each other. It's something that has to be done with thought and careful intention. You know, a lot of times we just expect happiness and the best things in life to happen by default. You know, when life happens to be good, we're, we're happy about it. But when it's not, well, we, part of us expects it to just happen and we wait for it. We expect relationships and friendships to just happen in our life. But that's not how life works, is it? You know, if the Huskers went on the field without a game plan, what would you say? Or perhaps more accurately, what would you throw at your screen? <laughs> Yet, how much of a plan do we have for our own wholeness? How much of a plan, a game plan, do we have for our own happiness? You know, the uh, New Interpreter's Bible, the commentary that I read, says that it's disturbing the apathetic or fearful person into activity kind of sounds like what we need, right? Now, just a little side note, the growth groups that we're about to start, one of the reasons I'm pushing this so hard is because I'm attempting to spur us a little bit. 
You know, we need this. We need the faith formation and we need the relationships and the friendships because the two go hand in hand when it's done best. We need those in our lives and these growth groups are the, exactly the kind of thing because it doesn't just happen. We have to show up. We have to be intentional about it. Anything like this in life takes that kind of effort, not just for ourselves, but when we go to help others too. You know, it says, let us consider each other carefully. And that's where the Joe Harry window comes in too. You see, half of that window, the left half, acknowledges the things uh, that we know about ourselves, but the other half, the right half, acknowledges the things that we don't know about ourselves the things that we need someone else to speak into our lives. Otherwise, we're never going to know. We're never going to see it. Now, some of them our friends can see, but we cannot see in ourselves. But others, only God can see. You know, considering uh, it will spur, uh, spur one another on. It may sound a lot like encourage one another, but when you take this let us consider each other carefully part with us, well, it goes further than a simple compliment. It's about looking for that right side in somebody's Joe Harry window to say what is it that they can't see about their self that they need to hear in order to help them move on to love and good deeds. You know, I had a mentor when I was in middle school and high school, uh, someone who uh, was very special to me for a number of years. Uh, in the later days, he would love to tell anybody who would listen how when he first met me, I would barely string two words together in a row. I would just mumble like that. Now, I know you all watching me here today can hardly believe it, but I would barely mumble two words in a row. But he saw something in me. He saw potential in me. And he walked with me. And he bared with me in good times and in bad. And he helped me to become the person I am today because he could see something in me that I couldn't see in myself. And so he provoked me in the best possible way to be something more. I'll bet all of you can think of a story like that. And even if you can't name it, I'll bet it's there in the background. So how do we do it? Well, as usual, I want to try to give you some concrete steps this morning. And the first one, and I think uh, perhaps the most important one, is to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You know, that encourage one another that we did the first week. It said encourage one another lest you become insensitive to God's Spirit. Well, this now that we have our sensitivity, now that we've encouraged one another in the simple ways, we need to pay attention to God so that God can help us see what it is in someone else that they need to hear. You know, maybe it's something we can see that upper right quadrant, but maybe it's that lower right quadrant, the one that only God knows about a person. Being sensitive to the Holy Spirit is what helps us to see that. Second, I would say this, be careful with that spur. <laughs> you know, I think the most effective spur is when we help somebody, uh, help awaken someone to something good that they can't see about themselves. But sometimes it does mean speaking a hard truth in love, too. You remember that mentor that helped me become who I am? I remember a time to this day where he just looked at me and said, you know what? You hunch over too much. You should try to stand up straighter. Now, when he said that, it was really hard to hear. It hurt when he said that. But you know what? He was right. I think that's something us tall people oftentimes struggle with because, like, all the people are down here, right? And so we tend to hunch to be closer to the people we're talking to. 
At least that's the way it was for me. And I still wrestle with it a little bit. But because I knew him and because I trusted him, he was able to speak a difficult word that I needed to hear, and I'm better for it. I'm trying really hard to stand up straight now. <laughs> you all are paying attention, right? <laughs> now, here's the thing. Even positive things mean so much more. Even the positive things we speak into someone's life mean so much more when we have that relationship of trust that's there first. The negative things, though, they can be downright harmful if that trust isn't there. So careful with that spur. And third, I would say this, walk the talk. Now, you might think that's a funny picture to put up there. It's funny because it annoys me. <laughs> it comes up. Now, I'm tempted, I didn't, I didn't uh, like ask her ahead of time. I'm tempted to have Molly, who does our graphics, come up and say, how many worship graphics are there in the world that have a person doing this on them? They're everywhere. It's like the biggest cliche in uh, graphics for worship and bulletin covers and all of that, and I complain about it just because it's cliche. But I had a friend uh, it was actually while I was in seminary where in chapel we would sing the most ordinary of hymns and he would put his arms out while he sang and he would close his eyes and if you looked at his face you could see that his arms were not out as a cliche. He meant it. He meant it. His arms were out because he couldn't help himself. He was lost in the moment. He was lost in worship. And I have tried to worship like him ever since. So the third tip I would give to speak into someone else's life is to walk the walk. You know, this is where your story is needed by someone else. This is where you, God gives you your story in order to speak into other people's lives. Because one of the most effective ways to live, live this out is to walk the walk so well yourself, so intentionally, so carefully considered yourself that you simply living becomes that kind of an inspiration to one another. So let's end the way Scripture ends. You know, uh, it, it, our, today's Scripture ends with what I think must be, jokingly, must be every pastor's favorite verse. Don't stop meeting together with other believers. <laughs> That's right, don't stop. It says it in the Bible, right? <laughs> Good that it happened on a day when some of us could do it in person, but online counts. You all are meeting with us too. Don't stop meeting together with other believers, which some people have gotten into the habit of doing. Instead, encourage each other, especially as you see the day drawing near. Now, why would, this, why would our writer in the book of Hebrews put this right next to spur one another on? Carefully consider each other and spur one another on. I think it's because this is where it happens best. You know, when we gather as the people of God, when we gather at the church in person whenever we can, but online when it's not safe for everyone or to do it in the normal way, it's when we gather as a church that we work on that sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. It's where we build relationships of trust with one another uh, around our faith. That's what we do here. It's part of what it means to be fully alive, our mission as a church. That's why we're doing the growth groups, uh, for goodness sake. So thus we can form those relationships around our faith so that we may speak into one another, so that we may encourage one another, so that we may spur one another on. There is somebody in this church that needs you. 
Now, they need your story, sure, but they also need you to read them the parts of their own story that they can't read for themselves. And you need them to read your story, too. We need one another to spur each other on. Would you pray with me? Oh God, thank you for these simple phrases that can mean so very much. Lord, what a, a wonderful thing it is to know that you know things about us that we don't know about ourselves. <laughs> Lord, even those of us who've lived good and long lives, still there are things that you know about us that we have yet to discover. Oh God, please give us all a sensitivity to your spirit first and foremost. But help us to look at one another with eyes of hearing and eyes of listening. And Lord, help us to consider one another carefully and to spark each other into the kind of life of love and good deeds that turns that spark into a wildfire of your spirit. We pray it in the holy name of Jesus, who sparks all of us. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's Sunday Sermon. For more information on growth groups or how to more fully embrace the life of faith, visit us at www.trinitylincoln.org.